30 years, he did exorcisms and was in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. It's going to be a very interesting evening. I suggest you stay right where you are. <laughs> now to Dr. Malachi Morton. Doctor, are you there? Of course I am. Good. Good. To everything. I'm fascinated. <laughs> uh, doctor, um, is there now or is there going to be an Antichrist? There, whether there is now is a question. There is going to be an Antichrist and I think the best thing we can do is talk about his public appearance All right. because he may already be in existence. Uh, for me to say he is in existence would immediately provoke the questions, where is he and what is he doing? Yes. Now I want to avoid that. Yes. Uh, but there, there, he will be manifest publicly within a reasonable amount of time. Most people who are 20-something or 30-something will come across Antichrist in their life. I'm 76. I may not. How will we know him? We will know him by two main qualities. First of all, he will arrive at a time when we as a race have what looks like insuperable problems. Supposing we have, we discover we have insuperable, really insuperable environmental problems. Yeah, yes, sir. Supposing we find we have insuperable uh, uh, health problems, a disease, yes, wasting, sir. wasting nation after nation. That's the first thing. He will have solutions for those problems. He will have wise solutions, solutions that are real solutions. And number two, his, the result of his, of his intervention and his, the, the results of his, of his solutions will be such that people will say, you must be God. And he will accept that attribute. He will accept that. Yes, he will accept that. That will be, those are the three marks of the Antichrist. Well... Um, you've already done it to me. You're already giving me chills. I've been a talk show host, uh, doctor, for about, in this incarnation, uh, 13 years. Uh, long time. Doing this program. And in the last several years, doctor, I have begun to observe something that I just picked a word and I began to call it the quickening. <laughs> and, um... It's a very good word, Art. <laughs> yeah, it's, very, it's a very discerning word. You, you must speak from experience. Well... You must. I, I speak from watching the news of what man is doing by the day, yes. Doctor. And by this quickening, I mean socially. I'm I'm watching these horrible things happening. Uh, yesterday is just an example. Uh, in Sacramento, a man uh, was holed up and uh, killed uh, his two children in front of his wife, and then in front of his wife killed himself. This kind of senseless, mindless. I know. Unbelievable I know. behavior socially. And it, it, it's, not, it's not isolated, my God. I know, it's not isolated. Politically, uh, Doctor, I look around and I see no sense to what, what is going on. Uh, we have lost our way. We have lost our way, there's no doubt about that. Uh, could I speak in something at this moment, Arch? Could I make a remark? You may indeed. There is, in Scripture and in tradition, 
and uh, by the way, I'm a Roman Catholic, so I've, I'm not sort of dependent on the Bible as Protestants are, and that's their choice. But there is a thing called the mystery of iniquity, and it's a it's a, a very constant teaching of the Bible and of religious men and women, and it's this: that evil is allowed from time to time to so dull the senses of men and women and to so disturb the equilibrium of their minds that they do crazy, real crazy, mad, bad things. Mm -hmm. And here is the point that gives me a chill. I'm 76, and I noticed that in the last 20, 25 years of my life, the incidence of such disequilibrium, the incidence of that seemed to be much more frequent than when I was younger. Yes. Much more, yeah, there are much more shocking things happen, and it's not that we're getting to know them. No, 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 the world was connected at that time. Communications were slow when I was young, say when I was 25, or when I was 20. But we, everything, all the news got around, but we never heard such a plethora of shocking, unbelievably violent, unnatural uh, happenings to ordinary people. So the mystery of iniquity it seems to be pressuring, and the idea in the teaching about the mystery of iniquity is that there is a, a darkness, an mental darkness, that closes in and makes ordinary people do the most extraordinary and shocking things. Well, that's one part of it, a horrible, scary part of it, but also, you mentioned the environment. Yeah. I've been monitoring stories lately, Doctor, um, about... Uh, the ozone about deformed frogs, which are said to be an indicator species. Uh, I have had people on from various disciplines that you may not agree with who call themselves uh, remote viewers, uh, to prophets, to Native Americans, and frankly, they all tell a very similar story with regard to what they think is immediately in front of us in the next few years. I happen to agree with them. I happen to be, have gone further in my thought than merely agreeing with them. I think there is a case of radiation. I think that uh, we are being radiated in such a way that it distorts the chemical balance of our system, our mental system. And that slowly but surely, a vast section of the public is being dulled, doesn't see what's happening, Yes. doesn't realize what is being done to them. These slowly boiling frogs. That's right. I mean, the frogs, they're by, there was one, uh, one example of a frog reported here in all our papers in, in, the, in North America, of a frog with one eye in its head and the other in its mouth. Yes, I know. The distortion, the complete ruination of nature. I'm afraid I can tell you more, Father, um, from uh, the north-central part of the United States, across to Vermont, to Montreal, even in Japan now, yeah. uh, deformed uh, uh, frogs with four to six legs, as you pointed out, uh, eyes in throats, missing eyes, um, and I could go on and on. Horrible, I know. horrible I know. I know. deformities. Something's happening. Well, and then, by the way, we should also add the things we are not told in public the deformed babies that are born in a section of Europe, which is also covered by the Chernobyl 
explosion, but also simply happening to form deformations of adults as well as children. And they're not reported widely. Doctor, a report two days ago from London of an, abnorm, uh, an ab abnormal amount of deformed fetuses in Britain. Uh, Britain is experiencing uh, more radiation, ultraviolet radiation as a result of uh, depletion of the ozone right now than sure. are we. Sure, sure. And by the way, there's a thing because we're touching a sacred cow when we touch on it, and that's nuclear energy. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm firmly convinced from the evidence that, and the, the evidence by reputable scientists, these are not crackpots. They're men who have uh, engaged in Nobel uh, prize activities in chemistry and in physiology and economics. And they can point out the effect of uh, radiation on uh, the human frame, especially on th those parts of the brain that deal with moral and ethical judgment. And it's a, it's a bit frightening because it means that the rise in criminality, the, 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 the distinct rise in criminality, mm -hmm. recidivism, uh, constant crime and doing and horrible crimes with no reason at all but simply cruelty, is some deformation of nature in itself. And I'm afraid it's on the increase, not on the decrease. Is it reasonable to ask you what, when a human being is possessed by a yes. demon, what is the purpose of uh, the possession of an individual? The destruction of that individual's soul to such a point that it must end up in hell. Hell being a place, a, a location, an existence which is totally separate from God. The, the, the belief is that everybody was created to be happy forever. And God wants everybody to enjoy heaven, the joys of heaven, the perpetuity of heaven, the peace of heaven, and the ecstasy of heaven. The demons, excluded from that and barred from it because of their rebellion, want to make sure that as many human beings as possible don't attain it. And that is done by possession. And possession is a funny thing. Uh, it's a funny operation. It never starts suddenly. It's, you don't wake up in the morning and say, gee whiz, I'm possessed. You know, it doesn't happen like that. It's, it's like any addiction. It's like anything that happens slowly. It's bit by bit. Bit by bit, I cede control of my will and my intellect to a demon. And one day, the possession is complete. Is this a fight, uh, Doctor, between an individual's will and that of the demon? Well, usually, uh, to be more accurate, it's a fight between the will of the exorcist and the will of the demon. Well, I, I, I guess I meant before you uh, or somebody like yourself has met yes. up with this possessed individual, yes. as the process of takeover is underway, yes. is it a fight between the person's... Yes. In yes. Yes, it is. Between the person's will and the demon intending to possess. Usually the, 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 the tendency or the, the attempt to possess is through deception. Because I, we have, in the northeast corner of America, uh, since 1975, we've had a huge increase in the following type of possession. A young man, say 30-something, 40-something, a young woman, would come and say, look, when I was in college, when I was uh, studying, when I took up uh, a residence as a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it was, 
I made a pact with the devil. I needed money. Uh, I needed a position. And I, I asked him to help me, and he did. But he took over my will and my mind. Now I want to get rid of it. How do I get rid of it? Well, we have an increase in that phenomenon, which I never thought we had. Some of them don't even believe in God. Some of them are Jewish. Some of them are Buddhist. Some of them are Christian. Some of them are Protestants or Catholics. It, 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 there's, no, there's no profile of the possessable person. Once you have issued such an invitation, is there any way to go back? If it has been taken up, then yes. your only recourse is exorcism. That we know of. There may be other recourses. We don't know of any recourse except that. Are there cases in which uh, a possession is not obvious? Uh, yes, there I, are. Would, I would imagine there are many where the uh, the spirit has simply won and is in uh, firm control. I would think that, uh, that the people who come to you are those who are sort of in the middle of a giant battle. That's right. When you find some, you know, the typical things of somebody throwing themselves on the ground and cursing and spitting and protesting and defecating, yes. urinating and all sorts of protest. What they're doing is protesting, saying, help me. Yes. Help me. The really, the perfectly possessed, we call them, the perfectly possessed, are those that are completely at peace. And uh, I've, I've known several of the perfectly possessed, and I avoid them like the pest. And you, you know them only by almost accidental means. Sometimes, they're perfectly normal, by the way, and they've got great business property, they're married, they have children and wives, and they, they put down responsible jobs. There's nothing, nothing wrong there. Now and again, just now and again, it's as it were, a veil is drawn aside, and you see somebody you don't know at all. You just don't know this person, this man, this woman. And there's a completely alien look, a completely alien attitude, and they breathe alienation. And you know then, if, if, you, if you have a nose for it, you know then that uh, they're perfectly possessed and there's nothing to be done about it. The first man I knew like that was called Beedham, John Beedham. And um, it was a frightening experience because I had known him for years. In other words, their pact, their deal... Uh, they, are at, they are at peace with and comfortable with That's right. their That's deal. Right. That's right. And they have passed through the usual Satanist rituals, too. Uh, they, the three Satanist rituals, the power of inflicting pain, the power of hating, and uh, the power of burning fire. Fire is, a, is, a, is part of the Satanist uh, and the Luciferian um, development. They've passed through all those with flying colors. Uh, uh, doctor, I, I want to uh, circle back for a second. Sure. Uh, you scared me quite well. You said, mm, and this was going to be a major question for you uh, this morning. Yeah. Uh, I talked to you about the quickening. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get to all the facets. Uh, to yeah. me, it had, it's many, many things. But you said there was a huge increase yeah. in the number of possessions. And I was going to ask you that. To me, that just adds to the pile. That is true. There's more now. It's about since 1975, when I really started in earnest exorcisms in the United States, it's about, uh, it's about 800% increase in frequency. Oh in my. frequency. And uh, it's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And uh, the one part of the phenomenon of this art, that now, for the first time, exorcists and psychiatrists are working closely together and I work with psychiatrists I do the spiritual side of it and they do the psychiatric end of it there's always a, a psychiatric preparation and follow up on after
anecdotism. You mentioned that one psychiatrist simply gave up psychiatry. That's right. He, he, uh, this, I gave him a code name of Hammond, that's not his real name, but he was very, very uh, skeptical about it all. And uh, finally I said, okay, Dr. Look, if you insist, but uh, you must have some protection. He wasn't a Catholic, by the way. Uh, but he was a very uh, honest, sincere man. I didn't mean but. Uh, he, he was. And uh, he, once he went through it, uh, that was it. He would never touch another another possessed person. He would never touch psychiatry ever again. He went off to something. He was a qualified doctor and became an only MD. Um, and find himself to that. Doctor, how frequently do you think psychiatrists who are treating patients, mm. or what percentage of their patients might indeed, instead of uh, suffering psych uh, psychiatric problems, mm. be suffering some form of Well possession? over 50% of the, well, the cases I have observed. Wow. Well over 50% are really possessed by demons. And of course, nothing can be done about it. They're diagnosed as schizophrenic or as MPDs or as whatever, uh, and there's no sucker for them. There is no sucker or help for them at all. When you have done your job, and when we come back from the top of the hour, we'll talk about what an actual exorcism is like, I guess yeah. I want to know, but when you have done your job, yeah. and it's all over, and the demon leaves, yeah. where does that demon go? Well, let me gently, but firmly sort of, put in a corrective their art from the view of an expert. They, the demon, has been deprived of a place, a location, a person's person, a, a person, a human person, in which to exercise power. Therefore, they're confined to what they, where they originally were, which is a hell, which is hell. They go back merely to suffering because their suffering is intense and perpetual and non-stop. Uh, they have had a chance of exercising power outside of their tortures, and uh, uh, indeed the evil they inflict is a way of their uh, getting their own back in some way or other, even though it doesn't relieve their pain. So they are punished for their failure. That's right, they're punished. And that's why in the Gospel, for instance, you have this... Uh, this, the evil spirit saying to Jesus, "No, no, don't, don't, don't send us back to hell. Send us into these pigs." Do you remember the, the swine of kerosene? Yes. And, uh, he, and they, they rushed over the precipice into the water and drowned themselves. They could possess something. There's a sort of relief, uh, a temporary relief, in not being condemned purely and simply to suffer in hell. And uh, therefore, they want they want something to inhabit. And Christ himself said that, the, the, and St. Paul says, and the, the Peter, and I love the things in the New Testament, say that the devil goes around seeking whom he may devour, like a lion, whom he may possess. And uh, I must tell you that uh, the increase, the enormous increase, about 800% over what it used to be in our small area, because it's only a small area we do, the northeast corner. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it is a huge increase. And... Here's one more thing to say, Art, which may sort of provoke a whole series of questions. Possession of the real diabolic kind is generational. Generational? Aha, uh -huh. it's generational. Passed on. It's passed on by training. And uh, it, it's a dreadful thing when somebody comes in who perfectly respectable, good, normal American family, and they have reared their children 
to be Satanists and to accept possession. And they, go, they would, unless they're stopped, unless they're stopped themselves, pass it on to their children. And it's been going on for well over 200 years. All right, doctor. Hold it right there. Relax. You've got eight or nine minutes. I need eight or nine minutes after this. Uh, and we'll be right back. And when we come back, we will ask you about that, and we will ask you about an actual exorcism. Uh, Dr. Malachi Martin is my guest. I think, I think I'm glad we're taking a break. We're going to do that right now. We'll be back with more. My guest is Dr. Malachi Martin. I'll tell you more about him in a moment, for those of you just joining. For many, many years, as a Catholic priest, he did exorcisms, real ones. He says there's been an 800% increase in recent years in exorcisms. That's in the northeast part of the country. He says our environmental problems, social problems, are catching up with us rapidly. He agrees in substance with what many of my other guests have said. This is not going to be easy to digest for you this morning. So, uh, kind of set yourself up for it and get ready. Born, by the way, in Kerry, Ireland in 1921. He has done many, many exorcisms, and that is uh, generally what we're talking about right now. And uh, possession, I'm trying to understand possession. And we left off last hour uh, talking about the fact that it apparently is generational. Uh, Doctor, generational possession. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, let me explain that. It's not that, uh, that uh, possession is passed on with semen, passed on with genes. No, no, no. It's that the same demon inhabits the members of the same family for generations, consentingly, consensually. Uh, he is nourished by them and kept by them and satisfied with them. The children are trained in it and they perpetuate it in their children. It has gone on for generations. It's generational. And sometimes uh, unwillingly uh, we have cases in hand, for instance, of daughters uh, to whom their mother attached her familiar, her evil spirit, and then we have the job of ridding them of that. And it takes time, and it's painful and anguishing. How how does a person how does a person know? Does a person know? Is in the in the mind or the soul of the possessed? Yes. Uh, is there always knowledge of that possession? There is. But it can be limited knowledge. It can also be inhibited knowledge. Some of them can't even tell you about it. Some of them can. It, it depends on the particular type of demon. There are many types of demons. Some of them are quite intelligent. Some of them are very stupid. Most of them are specialized in one thing and one thing only. And that's all they can do. Uh, and it's a reflection of some gift as angels which they had, now distorted as demons. Uh, and in, in these matters, as in everything connected with it, go to the experts. Don't try and do it yourself. Yes. And uh, then do not, uh, a big confusion art which we should clear up for everybody, and it's this. Uh, there are many healers and deliverance experts, and many people will undergo lengthy prayers and incensings and various ceremonies. But the truth is this. 
simple truth is this, that if there is a demon in your life and he dictates your behavior at least in one province of life, one area of life, he can only be expelled by direct confrontation by somebody with authority to expel him. Uh, so when I say him, of course, the, uh, uh, spirits have no sex. They're, they're not male or female. I just use him in the generic sense of the English word. Um, but it's a confrontation. It's not a prayer. Gee whiz, if it was a prayer, to be very simple to get rid of them. All right, this is something I want to ask about, uh, if, if I might, for a moment. Sure, sure. I had a call a couple of weeks ago from a woman who said that uh, she had been in bed, believe this, with her children yeah. one night, and she was attacked, doctor, attacked by some sort of demon or spirit that was actually waiting upon her, actually trying to sodomize and, sure. and rape her, sure. and she was unable to speak, unable to move, unable to utter anything, and in the middle of this attack... The phone rang, the answering machine came on, somebody's voice began speaking, and whatever it was, left. Now, she said that the only way this thing would leave, and she had been attacked many times, was if she audibilized, audibilized uh, some sort of something, and, and, I, and she said, I, I sat there and I prayed and I asked God to cast off whatever this was, and it would not go. And my question was, and I pondered after the call, it was a very serious, very scary call, yeah. and I pondered afterwards, if God hears our prayers, those cast silently forward, yeah. then why would God not hear a silent plea, a scream, as it were? Why must something like this be audibilized? There are mysteries about this entire situation which we to which we have no answer, but uh, there is, there are laws, he has set up laws governing the existence of man and woman, and one of them is that audibilizing something does make a difference, and uh, it can be as simple as this, that the, you see, the, the attention that a demon requires of the possessed person, or the person they're going to violate, can be, uh, that, that, that position can be distracted. Their will can be diverted, their mind can be diverted from being, as it were, hypnotized, being held by uh, some audible voice message from an, another normal human being. And God knows what grace of God that voice brings with them. But that it does happen, that audibilization does have an influence, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And there's no specific answer as to No where. specific answer. And you know, Art, there's the biggest problem is who is possessible? And people are always ask me, am I, am I liable to be possessed? And we have tried to create a profile of the possessible person, but we have found that neither sex, nor education, nor color, nor race, nor education, nor riches, nor poverty, nothing makes a difference. It, uh, apparently, to our mind, it's random random choice. This I, is I, a, I know very naughty people yes. who are not a bit possessed, they're just very naughty, very naughty, naughty. And women. And then I know people who are not naughty at all, but are lapse in one thing, and they do undergo possession. Knowing the nature of humans, yes. uh, if somebody has made, in effect, a pact with the devil, yes. 
it not more likely that those uh, cases of possession would more frequently than not be the rich, the powerful, those who have attained great material success or wealth? You would think so, Art, but you would, yes. de facto, no. No. Poor people, people with very little social resonance, people occupying very obscure positions of the social ladder, everybody is susceptible to some ambition, something they want, either for, for revenge or for self-satisfaction or for self-advancement, yes. and everybody is liable. So... The pact could be something as simple as the wanting or the wishing of a, a mate or the attention of somebody of the opposite sex or... Um, it, That's right, to get married. To get to married. To get this man, to get this woman. Yes. Uh, you see, for instance, if I could do this now, I want to take the following example, but with great care. Do you remember Susan Smith? Yes. Around her two children? Of course. Now, for an exorcist, the pattern is, is very clear. The children were in her way. Yes. Of her ambition, whatever that ambition was, it concerned a young man. Yes, it did. And the exorcist, an exorcist could say about that, it was obvious that they were used uh, as obstacles, they were used by Satan to possess her will and make her commit the grievous sin of matricide. Because she was convicted of that anyway, so I'm not accusing her of anything that she's not convicted That's of. That's not. But that, that would be read by an exorcist as a typical example of possession of the will of somebody to commit a very evil act just for the sake of doing evil, because that's the whole point of the demon, to do evil for the sake of evil. Should it's somebody a, like you have consulted with Susan Smith? Well, if I was asked to, generally we people, we, we're very cheery about intervening at all, and we, there's enough work in our plate to keep us going. But... Uh, Can somebody, uh, doctor, of any faith be uh, possessed? Yes, of any faith. It doesn't matter. Of no faith at all. Would a Catholic priest uh, perform an exorcism on a non-Catholic? Yes, he would, and we do. We do. Now, it's much more difficult because you can't call on their faith, except faith, they generally emerge from an exorcism, a successful exorcism, uh, with a tremendous faith. In God, not necessarily Catholic faith, but faith in God. Speaking for the, the layman, yes. there are many people walking around listening right now who are no doubt uh, scared to death because at one time or another in their life, they have probably in a moment of despair yes. or a moment of need yes. said, I'll, I'd make a pact with the devil if I could just have yes. so-and-so. And, and they're probably uh, thinking at this moment, there's a pretty good chance they may be possessed. You can't be possessed without knowing it. And you can't be possessed against your will. You may uh, wish all day and all night for the devil to come and uh, sign a pact with you, as it were. <laughs> a, a Faustian um, uh, thing, principle, Mephistopheles in the play of Goethe. But it, it can't happen without your knowing it and without you willing it fully. Finally, fully, bit by bit by bit, so that you needn't be afraid that you're possessed and you don't know it. No, 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 that, that doesn't happen. Well, are there not, though, no doubt, many people who have achieved success or achieved that goal for which they made that dark wish, there that, are. that moment, and they certainly must wonder. No, they know. They know. They know.
they know. They know full well. And that's the darkest secret of their life. The dark that, indeed. That sets them apart from wife or husband or lover or mistress or brother or sister. And you say you have seen these people. You know these people when you see them. Oh, yes, you do. You, you get... You, you meet them in the street, you meet them in, in cocktail parties, you meet them at dinner parties, you meet them at meetings and conventions. And, uh, of course, I must tell you that I, I run like, I run, I, I get out of their way. <laughs> I, I've enough of it. Um, I don't want to confront them. I don't want to have anything to do with them, unless I have to professionally. Dr. Catholic priests how many catholic priests are uh capable of or do within the church exorcisms nowadays art unfortunately a minimum as you know in the last 25 or 30 years belief in uh, the devil belief in evil incarnate in uh, an evil spirit belief in hell a belief in the demons, the existence, and the activities, say, of Lucifer and of Satan. They're distinct demons, by the way. People often confuse them, but they're distinct demons. Um, the belief in that has flagged, has got very weak. And the result is that when we started doing a lot of exorcisms here in the northeast corner of America in the 1970s, we finally had to go to Rome and ask permission, because the local bishops, some of them didn't believe. So we went to Rome and said, look, these people, we need authority, because, by the way, nobody can do an exorcism without being given authority. And uh, it must be a bishop gives authority. So we had to go and get special permission from Rome to do it, because we couldn't get it here. Now, some bishops do believe, some bishops don't believe, some priests do believe, some priests don't believe. Most of them want to have nothing to do with it. They know little and they want to know less. <laughs> That's really, and some bishops, some cardinals we know, say, look, don't bother me. You have all the authority you want, but don't tell me a thing about it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Possibly all. the source of the hear no evil, see no evil. Uh, that, 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 that's part of it. That's part of it. Because it, if you have to take into account that so-and-so, this political leader, this particular borough leader, this particular uh, CEO is possessed, it does complicate life, Arthur. It does complicate life. If uh, uh, a big surgeon, a big psychiatrist, uh, is, is, is by way of demonically possessed, it makes a huge difference. It's about a three-hour interview, and mostly the entire series is posted on the companion station get your last chat on with su yang the companion podcast will have all of the other ones posted on there it's about seven seven or more art bell and Malachi Martin interviews on exorcism. <clears throat> We've covered maybe less than 55 minutes of the first interview. We've covered 
52 minutes and some seconds out of three hours so far. So if you want to jump ahead and hear the rest of it right away, it's already on YouTube under Malachi Martin or under Art Bell. Thank you for listening.